Wings with Wings Productions presents Chapter 27 of The Skylark Bell Skydive. I'm your host, Melissa Oliveri. In last week's episode, we witnessed the creation of the Skylark Bell, per instructions provided by the ancient oak. In today's episode, we read Chapter 27, Trial by Fire, in which a betrayal has devastating consequences. Today's podcast partner is Shit and Bricks, proud members of the Boopod Network who hail from Australia. Cat and Dom lend a hilarious perspective to true crime and the unexplained. You won't regret giving them a listen. Just check the show notes for a link to their podcast. Now it's time to settle in, grab a blanket and a warm drink. We're getting started. The elixir. I think it was part of the plan. I don't know what was in that elixir. I did not prepare it, and I don't believe Kalia did either. But it was the first step in someone's master plan. Let me go back a few steps. After the ceremony, the festivities truly took off. The booming thud of the drums resonating inside my ribcage as I danced and spun around the fire with the other tribe members. Erskina painted my face in the same warrior pattern Kalia decorated me with the first time I met her. We threw herbs in the fire to burn off negative energy. We sang, we feasted, saluted the bounty of nature. We laughed and we loved and we communed with the elements. Fire, water, earth and air. It was a dizzying blur of sounds, shapes, and colors. As I recall it now, I can't remember specific details. Who did what? Who was where? It's like the tribe and the ceremony itself were all melded into one, all moving together as one force. It was the most powerful, most beautiful thing I've ever witnessed. It occurred to me, sometime into the celebrations, that I hadn't seen Corbin since I noticed his strange behavior by the fire. I decided to try and find him, despite feeling slightly unsteady from the effects of the elixir. I walked around the clearing, checked inside his work tent, then his living tent. I should have noticed right away that most of his belongings were gone. I should have realized what it meant but my head was clouded by that blasted drink. After circling the encampment for some time, I ended up next to the ancient oak. Climb up, I heard it say. So I did. Despite the effects of the elixir, Farfalla expertly climbs up to her preferred branch in the ancient oak and leans her head against its trunk. Hello, old friend, she whispers, conjuring a memory of Marius greeting Cormorant in the barn at Meadow Lane. She breathes in the fragrant, sage-tinged tendrils of smoke wafting up from the fire below and closes her eyes. They're coming. The ancient oak's words cause her to open her eyes immediately. What? Who's coming? she whispers. Farfalla looks around in the fading light of the setting sun. From this vantage point, she can see the fields surrounding the forest and make out some of the forest paths through the canopy of the trees below. 
Once they've adjusted to the light, her eyes catch glimpses of movement through the trees. She squints down, trying to understand what she is seeing. Between the branches of the ancient oak, she sees a man on the edge of the clearing. He is wearing heavy armor and holding a sword in his hand at the ready. Soldiers. Their encampment has been found. Farfalla feels her heart racing as she watches the soldiers circle the clearing, barely visible through the shadows of the forest. Cormag! She shouts down to the crowd below. Kalia, soldiers! Soldiers are here! Her words are drowned out by the beating drums, stomping feet, and singing of the celebration. I have to warn them, whispers Farfalla. Stay here, commands the tree. Before Farfalla has a chance to debate, the soldiers descend violently on the tribe. Farfalla turns away crying openly at the screams and shouts below. I can't abandon them, she says to the tree. There is nothing you can do. This is their fate, our fate, replies the tree. Farfalla, determined to at least try to help, begins to climb off her branch when something below catches her eye. Corbin. He is standing in the clearing, scanning the area, looking for something. Why isn't he running? wonders Farfalla. Suddenly he looks up and sees her. Farfalla beckons for him to come up. Perhaps if he joins her in the tree he'll be safe. Corbin lifts his arm and points to her. Up there, he shouts. Farfalla's brow furrows in confusion. Who is he talking to? She needn't wait long for an answer. Within seconds, two soldiers appear by his side. Farfalla feels her heart sink and her rage rise. It was Corbin. He betrayed the entire tribe. He knew everyone would be together for the ceremony and distracted by the ensuing celebration. The elixir. He must have put something in it to weaken their senses, turning the entire tribe into easy targets. Furious, Farfalla looks toward the large branch hanging over their heads. Fall, she shouts with all the air in her lungs. There is a mighty crack as the branch breaks free from the ancient oak and crashes onto Corbin and the two soldiers, instantly throwing them to the ground, where they remain, unmoving. A nearby soldier turns to look, then glances up at the tree. His eye meet Farfalla's, and a shiver runs down her spine. His gaze is filled with power, arrogance, and hate. He marches decisively to the fire and pulls out a long branch. He signals for the other soldiers to do the same, and together they circle the ancient oak. The first soldier counts down in his language, a language Farfalla doesn't understand or recognize. He reaches the end of the countdown, and the soldiers push their burning branches toward the ancient oak. Farfalla, crushed, realizes this is what her dream was foreshadowing. Another dream, nightmare, becoming reality. First there was water, now there is fire. Farfalla sobs as she hears a painful cry emanate from the tree. The flames lick at its dry leaves and eventually spread to its branches 
She stays in place, frozen in fear, until she feels the bottom of her robe singe. She climbs above the line of fire and looks down. The flames are spreading quickly. She looks around desperately, unsure of what to do. There is no way for her to climb down, and she has climbed far too high to jump. Even if she did jump, the soldiers ransacking the encampment below would be on her in a matter of seconds. Unfortunately for her, but fortunately for the forest, there are no other trees nearby for her to jump into. Suddenly, Farfalla sees flames stretch like long, glowing fingers and grasp the bottom of her robe, determined to consume it. She quickly pulls her arms out of the sleeves and slips out of the robe, watching as it drops, then gets caught on a burning branch. The beautifully embroidered birds, flowers, and deer disappear within seconds as the flames tear through the fabric. Mesmerized by the sight, Farfalla barely notices as the flames reach the branches just below her. She eventually feels the heat beneath her feet and scurries up as high as she can to get away from the rapidly spreading fire. There is no escape. There is nowhere to go. This is the end. The bell, says the ancient oak, its strained voice barely above a whisper. Use the bell. Farfalla lays her hand against its trunk and fishes the bell out from the folds of her gown. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I should have protected you. I should have protected all of them. The words spill out between heaving sobs. This was our fate. It was written long ago. I will live on. You know that. You know the entire story. You may not remember it, but it is there, deep inside of you, whispers the tree. Now use the bell. You only need to get to tomorrow. Then the work will begin. You remember my instructions? Yes, I remember, whispers Farfalla. She holds the bell in her shaking hands and closes her eyes as the song of the oak tree softly surrounds her like a warm blanket. She feels a strange sensation of her mind and body separating. Then everything goes dark. Thank you so much for listening. Join me next week for Chapter 28, Under the Same Sky, in which Farfalla picks up the pieces after the devastating attack on the camp. The Skylark Bell is brought to you by Phaeton Starling Publishing and features original music by Canel. Leaving a rating or review on your preferred podcast platform is incredibly helpful in getting the podcast to gain visibility so others can find and enjoy the story of the Skylark Bell. It's a quick, easy, and free way to support my work. If you'd like to support me further, you can also subscribe to Patreon where you'll get early access to ad-free episodes, as well as digital downloads of the music and so much more. And be sure to find me on social media for updates. I really love to connect with listeners. Just check the show notes for all necessary links. Once again, thank you for listening. I'm Melissa Oliveri, writer, host, and producer of the Skylark Bell Podcast.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.